Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Friday, January the 13th, 2023. It is currently 4.58 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. It's Friday. The weekend is here, and this is a very important weekend. You may not realize how important this weekend is. You may not even understand it, but let me make sure I help you realize that you are right here, in a sense, at the doorway of a very important weekend because this weekend officially kicks off our six-week study on the subject of discernment. Now, I know what you're thinking. Wait, you've already introduced the study, and we've been doing some other things. Well, I did kind of an introduction. Yes, I will acknowledge that. Yes, we did kind of a pre-study study just to ask some questions, to get us thinking along the lines, and start really considering and thinking about discernment. All of that was just extra credit. All of that was just to help you, to give you an advantage in the study. But this weekend is the official kickoff, the official beginning of our six to seven week study on the subject of discernment. Yes, we will be using the curriculum. Yes, we'll be doing some podcasting. Yes, we'll uh, probably be doing some teaching from the pulpit at Victory Baptist Church. So you're going to get all of those things, and hopefully all of that will be beneficial and helpful. And the goal is, when we finish, you know more about discernment than when you started, but most importantly, hopefully, we will conclude the study with all of us having a better biblical understanding of discernment. I think there's lots of ideas about discernment that are put forth in sermons, taught on Christian radio, but sometimes I question, are those concepts and ideas truly biblical or are they something else? We're going to find out and I hope you are ready, but here's what we need to do because this is, this is very important. In this study of discernment, we're going to be utilizing a specific method of Bible study. So, so in our study, I'll be doing some teaching. I may give you, I, I don't think I'm going to give you really much homework or really any assignments because the main thing I'm going to give you is a Bible study method that you can utilize for, and that not just that you can, that I'm challenging, that's really your assignment to use in studying discernment. We're going to be using what is known as the word study method, the word study method for the word discernment. That's what we're going to be working on. So I need to do my very best. I'm going to take a drink of water really quick. I'm going to do my very best to make sure you understand how to do that method of Bible study, the word study method. Now you may think you already know, and you may already have a great idea how to do a word study, but I'm going to give you a specific method with specific steps. I currently have written down at least nine steps, at least nine steps for the word study method. And I hope that you will follow these, these steps and hopefully this will lead you into a deeper and a better understanding of the word discernment. Now, there are 12 basic methods of Bible study. I, we, I've already taught you a number of them. I mean, over the years, I've taught all 12, who knows how many different times. But every time 
uh, I teach a new method or even if I teach an old method, I'm always seeking to modify it, to make the, the method as, as, user, as user-friendly as possible. I think that's a good term. To make it as useful as possible, to make it as user-friendly, to make it as useful so that you can really understand what you are studying. And I think a lot of times people, and I say this all the time, people perceive Bible study in such a weird and odd way. So many times when you ask people, do you study the Bible? They say yes, but they really can't articulate a method. It's just kind of this haphazard. They read this, then they look up a commentary. They highlight a couple of things. They they look at their study Bible. I mean, it's just kind of like, no, there's no real method and so I, I honestly am, I, I personally believe that every church in the United States of America should be teaching people Bible study methods because you want the people to know how to actually study the Bible. And remember, 90, about 90% of Bible study, in fact, I, I think it would be accurate to say 100% of true Bible study is just observation. You're doing observational steps to observe the text because you know what I'm getting ready to say. You can't interpret until you've done, uh, you can't do interpretation until you've done observation. And the quality of your observation will determine the quality of your interpretation. It's just that simple. So I hope you're ready. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of stalling a little bit, giving everyone time to make sure they're, they've tuned into the live broadcast. Also want to give you some time to grab a notebook, something to write with or opening, open up whatever uh, app you have on your mobile device so that you can take some notes so that you can get these steps down. Uh, probably maybe tomorrow or the next day, sometime probably before Tuesday, we will have a PDF file of all of these steps, and I will do a special broadcast for the Sermons 2.0 and the Church One app, and I will attach the PDF to that special broadcast. It'll be something like Word Study PDF, and I'll just talk a little bit about it, and then you'll have access to the PDF that will give you all of these steps outlined So if you need to see them or make reference back to them in case you missed anything, all right? So we will have that for you as well, all right? But are you ready? The word study method, the word study method of Bible study or the Bible study word study method, however you would like to phrase it, I'm just going to call it the word study method. And I think you immediately kind of, you kind of have an an understanding what we're attempting to do, right? In a word study method, we're focusing on a word. We're focusing on a word that is used in scripture. And then we're going to follow a method of Bible study so that we can gain a biblical understanding of that word. And for us, obviously, the word for the next six weeks is going to be discernment. I want you to think about that word. I want you to talk about that word. I want you to be studying that word. I want you to know what discernment is, what it isn't, how we develop it, I, I, all, I, everything about it. I want you to become an expert. And look, you know, if you've been reading your Bible for any length of time, I mean, you know, the Bible is filled with words, words, words. And though, and this is very important to realize, as we read the Bible, and as pastors and Sunday school teachers and small group leaders, as they take these words and we start talking about those words, it is very easy for the word that's used in the text to, over time, 
that word kind of be taken out of the pages of scripture and it almost is given a new definition, a new meaning and a new understanding. And, and sometimes we don't realize we've kind of obliterated the actual biblical meaning. And I think we have to be careful with that. So we have to constantly be going back to the text to study the word and re- figure out how it was used and what was meant by how it was used. And I, and I think that's very important. It's, it's very subtle. But just over time within the Christian world, these words just kind of take on their own meaning, their own definition, their own concept. And, and, and the next thing you know, sometimes you just look around and go, wait, I, I think we're about, you, you kind of want to look around and just say to someone, I think we're about 500 miles away, 5,000 miles away, 500,000 miles away from that word's original meaning. And I, and I think that can be very, very dangerous. I think we can do that through words like justification. Uh, I think I think we can do that with words like sanctification. I think I think they over time they just kind of evolve into meaning something that I don't think actually derives from the text. And I think that is very important. So the word study is important because you're reading a Bible made up of words and those words are each and every word is significant. You misunderstand any word, then you misunderstand the concept. You may misinterpret the passage, and you end up in, well, major theological trouble. So words are important. This is to help us do that. All right, so here we go. You hear that? Here's my notebook, ready to go. My notebook where I have now, in a sense, rewritten the word study method. And we're going to do this hopefully in a way that will be very beneficial and helpful. All right, I'm going to turn to the page. All right. I'm I'm slow. I'm, I'm going slow. I'm going slow because here in a minute, I'm getting ready to just boom, put the car in gear and I'm going to take off. So I'm making sure you're, if you're running around telling the kids, shh, 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 Telling your husband, hey, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Word study method, word study method. Or maybe you're telling your wife, hey, 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 keep it down, keep it down. I, word study method time. All right, whatever you have to do, I want to make sure you're ready because I want to make sure you have this method down because this method is going to be what you're utilizing over the next six weeks to understand discernment. Step Number one, and you're going to love step number one. You're going to absolutely, this is going to be your favorite step of the entire study. You know why this is going to be your favorite step? I've already done it for you, okay? Step number one is choose the word. You've got to choose the word. When you're going to do a word study, you've got to choose the word you're going to study. Well, in this case, I've already told you, six weeks, you're going to be working on discernment. All right, that's simple. Now, and just in your everyday life, it's anytime you're reading the Bible and you come across a word and you're like, okay, that, I think that word is significant in the text. It's repeated seven times in this chapter or, whoa, I think this whole chapter uh, hinges on that one word or, or, wow, that word is a serious, has still serious theological implications. There's so many different ways you may find the word that you want to study. And whenever you come across a situation where you're like, that word is important, That word explains everything. Well, you need a method that you can utilize to study said word. Well, you choose the word. In this case, it's discernment. 
And that gets you done with step number one. Okay, aren't you glad I, I told you to choose a word? Okay, all right. Step number two. As soon as you have chosen that word, the very first thing you do, and now some people may argue with this, but I'm pretty dogmatic about it. The first thing you do, the very first thing you do is you you look up that word in a number of English dictionaries or the dictionary to your language, okay? But I mean, obviously, uh, I think 90% of my audience, I would say 95% of my audience, their first language is English. So we're just going to say, look it up in an English uh, uh, dictionary. I want you to look it up and I want you to write down the English definition, now, you may say, wait, 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 why? Why? Because look, here's the thing. Whether you like it or not, whenever you're reading your Bible and you see a word, you're, go- you're going to immediately understand that word based off probably your English definition. So we just need to go ahead and get that out of the way. Because sometimes what we'll find, well, wait a minute. The English definition is this. And as we get further into the study, you're like, wait, the Greek word or the Hebrew word seems to have a different you know, shade of meaning. Or it seems to kind of go in a different direction. That's not exactly how I understood it. So it's good just to get this out of the way immediately. You choose the word. And number two, you you look it up in a, a multiple English dictionaries. So let's say this. Try to look it up in three different English dictionaries. Let's try to go with three, right? Three English dictionaries and write out the definition. And please note, as you write out the definition, please cite the source. Is it Merriam-Webster? What, 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 what dictionary? Cite the source. Why? Because whenever you go back and you ever look at your study, you'll know exactly where those English definitions came from. All right, so number one, choose the word. Number two, look it up and write out the English definition. Make sure you know that there is, okay, everyone seems to agree on the basic meaning of the word. You know the basic meaning of the word in English. That's simple. That's straightforward, all right? You can use a, a new dictionary, old dictionaries, use whichever, just at least three. That, that, that's, the, that's the key, at least three. And, right, and I know I say this. You can hear a little bit of just kind of like, okay, do I have to say this again? But I'm going to say it. And, and I know there are some of you out there who strongly disagree with me. But I'm just—I'm going to remain dogmatic on this. I've yet to change my stance on this, no matter how many times I've been challenged. Look, if you're actually engaging in study, then you're writing things down. And if you're not writing things down, I don't really believe you're engaging in meaningful study. I think study is where you're taking a definitive amount of time where you are grabbing resources, reference tools, and you're writing things down. That writing process helps you retain, helps you remember, helps you process and use a different part of your brain in trying to figure this out. A lot of people just kind of like go through certain steps, but they'll just do it in their head. It's, it's kind of like math class. You've got to show your work. So you need to write it down. All right. You need to write it down. I, I, I'm just, I, I believe that. All right. So number one, choose the word. Number two, English definitions. Look it up in three English dictionaries and write out the definitions and please cite the source. Number three, step number three in how to do a word study. 
Number three, list five, five, five. Now, you may not be able to find five for some words. I think most of them you will, but find five synonyms. I want you to list five. I don't want you to look for more than five, but at least up to five. If there aren't five, if you can't find five synonyms, that's fine. Write down three or four, but at least try to find five. You don't need more because I don't want it to become too, too much for you, but let's try to find five synonyms. I need you to write down the, so number one, you're going to write down discernment. That's your word. Number two, you're going to write out the three, uh, three English definitions of discernment from dictionaries and cite the source. And then you're going to be like synonyms, synonym number one, synonym number two, synonym number three, number four, number five. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to write out their definitions for each synonym. Five up to five synonyms. And you're going to write out their definitions. Now, just in case someone out there doesn't know what a synonym is, a synonym is a word or a phrase that means exactly or nearly the same as another word. So our key word is discernment. What are other words that mean almost the exact same or nearly the same thing as the word discernment? You say, why? Why would I do that? Because here's the thing. If, you, if we know what the key word is and then we find all the synonyms, it helps us, one, get a better understanding of the concept, and guess what? It's going to become very helpful because sometimes in your Bible, you may be like, well, that word is only used two or three times, but there are plenty of other words that are used that have a similar or exact same meaning. Therefore, if you don't look up those synonyms, you may think the Bible doesn't have much to say about a particular word, when in reality, the word, or you may think the Bible doesn't really use the word very much, when in reality, the, the, the concept is used 50 times and you only found the word five times. It's just, it's using different words. All right? So number one, choose the word. Number two, English definition. Write out the English definition from three dictionaries and cite the source. Number three, List five synonyms and write out their definitions. Once again, when you write out the definitions, when you write out the definitions, now you don't need, now this is very important. When you list the five synonyms and their definitions, you don't need to look up three different dictionaries. You don't need to do that for the synonyms, right? Just, that's just the first definition you come up with, but please cite the source. Please cite the source. So number one, choose the word. I already have. It's discernment. Number two, English definitions. Look it up. Three dictionaries, write the source. Uh, I'm sorry. Number one, choose the word. Number two, English definitions. Three different dictionaries, cite the source. Number three, list five synonyms. Up to five. No more than five. It can be less than five, but no more than five. Write out their definitions for each synonym. You only have to look them up in one dictionary. Remember, a synonym is a word or a phrase that means exactly or nearly the same as another word. All right, number one, choose. Number two, English definitions. Number three, five synonyms and their definitions. Number four, I bet you know what number four is, right? Come on, what is number four? 
See, see I, this is when I, uh, when you're doing these kinds of methods of teaching, you really want that live audience because you can get that interaction and you can kind of break it up and it's not so monotonous, but all right, that's okay. I, I'm just going to give you the chance. Scream it out. Okay. Wherever you are, just stand up, stand on top of your chair and say, and number four is list five antonyms. Okay. List five antonyms. All right. List five antonyms and their definitions. Now, again, no more than five. It can be less than five, but at least five antonyms. And remember, an antonym is a word with an opposite in meaning. So your, your key word is discernment. What are up to five antonyms, words that mean the absolute opposite, the absolute opposite to discernment? You're like, well, why would I want to do that? Because seeing the words that mean similar or the same and understanding the meaning of the word and then seeing that which is opposite, that contrast sometimes brings clarity. Contrast leads to clarity many times in word study. Okay, hey, this is what the word means. That's clearly the opposite of it. So then that kind of gives you more clarity of exactly what you're referencing and what it means to have discernment. Okay, so number one, choose the word. Number two, English definitions, three dictionaries, cite the source. Number three, five synonyms, up to five synonyms, no more. Write down the definitions. You'd only have to look them up in one dictionary and cite the source. Okay, number four, five antonyms, write out their definitions. Again, only you only have to look them up in one dictionary and cite your source. So far, this is simple. So far, this is straightforward. All right? Simple and straightforward. We're learning how to do the word study method of Bible study. And the reason we're learning how to do this method is this is the method we will be utilizing for the next six to seven weeks to study discernment. All right? The simple steps for this method is, number one, we choose the word. That's already been done, discernment. Number two, you're going to look up discernment in three English uh, dictionaries, and you're going to write out those definitions on paper and cite your source. Number three, you're going to list five synonyms. You're going to write out the definitions. You do not have to look these up in three different dictionaries for the synonyms. Remember, a synonym is a word or phrase that means exactly or nearly the same thing as another word. Number four, you're going to list five antonyms, and you're going to write out their definitions. Again, you don't need to look them up in three different dictionaries, just one. Remember, an antonym is a word opposite in meaning. Number five, list all, okay, here's, here's comes number five. Now, you need to pay close attention. This is, what, this is where the work will really kick in. All right, here we go. List all Bible references for the keyword and all synonyms and all antonyms. All right, so you're going to have a piece of paper, or you can do this. I don't care how you, how you do it, all right? I, of course, I always prefer paper and pencil. I don't care how you do this, but this is what you're going to do. This is very simple. You are going to take, you're going to like, so say you have paper, you're going to write out the word discernment and you're going to list every scripture, Old and New Testament, that uses the word discernment. Then, right under discernment, you're going to have, uh, 
you're going to have, we'll go with synonyms first, right? We'll go with synonyms first. You're going to have uh, discernment synonyms, synonym number one. And then whatever it is, you're going to write, you're going to list every scripture that uses that synonym. Synonym number two, whatever it is, every scripture that uses that, uses that synonym. Number three, number four, up to number five. Remember, no more than five synonyms. But you can have less, just you have to have no more than five. Then you, then underneath that, you'll have antonyms, discernment antonyms, right? Number one, okay, discernment antonym number one, look at, write, list all the references. And when I say list all the references, I'm not saying write out the whole scripture, just whatever. John chapter one, verse 14, whatever the case may be, you know, Galatians chapter one, verse nine. I'm just throwing out random references. I'm not saying that these would have anything to do with discernment, but I'm just throwing them out there and you would just list them. That's going to be a lot, depending on the words that you're finding, that may be a long list. That may be a long list, but you need to know where all of these words are found in scripture. All right. Okay, well, someone said the word discern and discernment. We're, we're going to do discernment, but obviously you would be looking up discern as a, a variation of discernment. If you can't find a discernment, then you would look up discern. You, you could do that. Someone just asked that question. All right. I mean, discernment is the concept we're looking for, but discern is a part of the concept. So yeah, you can use the, you can look up the variations whatever, however you need to work that. As long as, long as your keyword is capturing the concept, whether you're using discernment or discern. All right? And then list all the scriptures. All the scriptures. Okay? And you're just writing the references down. Now, depending on, depending on the software or Bible app you're using, you can probably find these relatively quick and you can just cut and paste. That's perfectly okay if you want to do that. We, we will, I think we're going to create a, I think in our PDF file on this method, we're going to give you a step-by-step way you can do some of this on the blue, a blue letter Bible app, which is free, which would save you a lot of time. All right, so here we go. Let's go through these again. Number one, choose the word. Number two, English definitions, three different dictionaries, cite the source. That's for your keyword. That's for your keyword, which will be discernment for our study. You could do that for discern as well if you need to, all right? They're going to be obviously, you know, pretty similar. And then number five, uh, or number five, number three, list five synonyms and their definitions. You don't need to look these up in three different dictionaries, just one definition for each synonym. And remember, a synonym is a word or phrase that means exactly or nearly the same as another word. Number four, list five antonyms and their definitions. Again, you don't have to look them up in three different dictionaries, just one. And remember, an antonym is a word opposite in meaning. Then number five. You're going to list all Bible references for the keyword discernment, discern, whichever way you want to go, and then all the synonyms and all the antonyms, just listing all the scriptures. And then when you see all of those scriptures, you know that contains all the biblical information about the word that you're studying and the concept behind it. Because now you see all the antonyms, you see all the synonyms, or you see all the scriptures that have the antonyms and the synonyms, and you see all the scriptures that have the key phrase or the key word. So at this point now, at least just from looking at it, you realize where all the information for the most part is found. 
that gets you, uh, now you're kind of really ready to dig in, all right? Here we go. Now, you're going to do this. Now, stay with me here. Don't get lost, all right? So far, everything is pretty simple, pretty straightforward. You're choosing the word, you're doing the English definitions, you're listing the synonyms, you're listing the antonyms, and then you're listing all scriptural references, right? Then, number six, you're going to answer questions about the words and the synonyms and the antonyms. So number six is you're going to answer questions. Number six, you're going to answer questions. Here are the questions. You ready? How many times does it occur in the Bible? How many times does the word occur in the Bible? How many times? Now, originally, I think I was going to just have you do this just for the key word, but I think I've changed my mind and I want you to do answer these questions for the key word and for all the synonyms and for all the antonyms. How many times does it occur in the Bible? That's simple. That's straightforward. You've already got the list. All you got to do is count it. All right. That shouldn't take you long. And if you're using the Blue Letter Bible app or other uh, uh, Bible apps, you're probably going to already know how many times it's used. But why is that helpful? Because when you look, you'll be like, oh, look, discernment or discern is only used. I'm just throwing out a random number because I'm not going to help you in any way, shape or form. Six. But man, that synonym right there is used 52 times. Hmm. That synonym. Maybe where I'm going to really find my answer right here, that synonym is really, that synonym may be the key where I really are going to understand discernment because the Bible, instead of using maybe discern or discernment, uses this synonym and it uses this all the time. So this really becomes the primary word in the Bible for that particular subject. So how many times does it occur in the Bible? Number two, what books what books are, are, in what books does it occur? In other words, in what books do you find these words? List the books where you find the words. In what books do you find the words? Now, why is this important? Because sometimes what you'll see is like, wait, that's interesting. This word is only used in apocalyptic or prophetic books. Wait a minute. This word is only used in the epistles. Well, that's interesting. This word is only used in the poetic books. Wait, this word is only used in the historical books. This is only used, you know, wherever the case may be. It just kind of gives you an idea. And do this for the keyword and for the antonyms and for the synonyms. All right. And what book does it occur? Where, where do you find the words? I'm not saying that's going to all, all of a sudden magically, you now under, you know, you're done with the word study, but it's giving you a good idea. It's kind of giving you a good vibe of like, Ah, okay. I see. I see where this word is used the most. It may kind of give you an idea of, of how it's being used. So how many times does it occur in the Bible? Number two, what books, in what books does it occur? Number three, what writer used the word or what writers use the word? Who are the, who are the main writers who use the word? Is it Solomon? Is it David? Is it Paul? Is it John? Is it Peter? Is it Moses? Is it Isaiah? Who's using the word the most? Now, why is that important? Because sometimes when you know which author is using the word the most, it kind of sometimes gives you a kind of an idea. I, 
I think I know what they're trying to get across. Because if you look at all of their writings, you sometimes, like, you know the books that it's being used, you know the writer, you're going to be getting an idea. And again, that, this may sound hard, but it's not. And remember, you're doing this for the keyword, for the synonyms, and for the antonyms. All right. How many times does it occur in the Bible? What books do, in what books does it occur? Next, what writer used it, uh, used the word? The next, uh, in what book does it occur most? Now you need to identify the book that it occurs the most times. You already know, you're already probably going to know because you already see which books uses these words, but you're doing this for the keyword for every antonym and for every synonym. Next, where does the word occur first in the Bible? Where does the word occur first in the Bible? Now, there is much debate about this concept. Sometimes it's called the concept or the doctrine of first use, uh, the concept of first use. Some will argue that when, whatever word, whenever you're doing a word study, you've got to figure out where it's used first because that, in many cases, establishes how we should understand it from that point forward. Or it, it explains, it, it gives us the best insight on how to approach it. I'm not going to be dogmatic about that, but I always do find it interesting to go, oh, look where it was used first and look how it was used. I, I do think it's important to take note of it. Right? Where does it occur first? Um, let's see. Um, where does the word occur first in the Bible? Where does it occur first in the Bible? And doing this for the keyword, for each antonym, and for each synonym. Now, the last question only applies if you're doing a word study really focusing in on how a word is used in one book. For example, let's say you're going to do a word study on justification, but you're not necessarily interested to know how justification, the word, the, how to understand the word in light of the entire Bible. You just want to understand justification in, in light of the book of Romans or the book of James. You may want to understand wisdom and how it's used, well, maybe in a book other than Proverbs. How is wisdom used in, say, James? Or how is, you know, like you, you, you're, you're focusing on the word only in one book. Then this question would come into play. What, where does it occur first in the book that you are studying? If you're going to reduce your word study to one book, then here you would just figure out where it's used first within that book. For us, that doesn't really matter because we're not doing a word study based off one book. We're doing a word study based off the entire Bible. So in that case, you would go back to the previous question. Where does the word occur first in the Bible? All right. Are you with me? All right. Nobody has asked any other questions in the speaker app. So I'm, I'm thinking right now, everybody's like, this is the most clear. I, I have more clarity on how to do a word study than I've ever had in my entire life. Here we go. Number one, choose the word. It's been done for you. Discernment. That's what you're going to be doing for the next six to seven weeks. If you don't, you say, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. I'm going to come to your house and knock on the door at one in the morning going, are you doing your uh, study on discernment? Are you, and you're going to be like, get off my yard, get off my yard, get off my porch. Okay. All right, here we go. Choose the word. I've already done it for you. Discernment. Number two, 
English definitions for the keyword discern, discernment, all right? Discern or discernment. And then what you're going to do, you're going to look it up in three dictionaries, write it out, and then please note, cite the source. Number three, list five synonyms and their definitions. Now, for the synonyms, you don't need to look it up in three different dictionaries. One dictionary, cite the source. Remember, a synonym is a word or phrase that means exactly or nearly the same as another word. Number four, list five antonyms and their definitions. Again, you don't need to look it up in three dictionaries. Just write out the definition, cite the source, and then please note, an antonym is a word, opposite in meaning. Number five. Okay, all is clear so far. Okay, good, 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 good. All right, good. I'm doing, I know I'm doing a lot of, of repeating. I know I'm doing a lot of repeating. And the only reason I have to keep repeating is because I don't have that opportunity to look at people like if I'm standing in front of people, I, I sometimes I'll look and I'll be looking around and I can just see that someone's like, what just happened? Where are we? And then I can be like, okay, let me repeat it. Here I just have to try to make sure the people who already have it don't get too bored with me repeating it. And those who don't have it can be go, I'm glad he's repeating it. All right, here we go. Number five, list all Bible references for the keyword and for the synonyms. And for the antonyms, remember, you're just listing the references. I'm not telling you to write out the whole verse. All right. Now, when I taught Bible in high school for a Christian high school, they had to write out the whole verse. Okay. So, because, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I was going to make them put in some work because they showed up to Bible class thinking it was going to be a, like a, a pushover elective. And I'm like, you've got the wrong Bible teacher for that. All right, here we go. That's a whole different story. All right. So list all Bible references for the keyword and all synonyms and antonyms. All right. Now, number six, ask the following questions. All right. Ask the following questions about the keyword and the synonyms and the antonyms. The keywords are how many times? Does it occur in the Bible? Number two, in what books does it occur? Number three, what writer used the word? Number four, what book does it occur most? Number, I uh, see that's one, two, three, four. I didn't number them. Number five, where does the word occur first in the Bible? And then number six, if you're doing a word study limited to one book, then where does the word occur first in the book you're studying? Because that doctrine of first occurrence, some people make a big deal out of it. Some people think it's irrelevant. I do think it's interesting to always see where it's used first. I, I always find that fascinating, right? Sometimes I'll be like, whoa, look how it's used there. Because it feels like that from, from its first use to its last use, it's almost like everyone abandoned its first use. But that's, that's you know neither here nor there. All right, now, number seven. Number seven, when I say number seven, number seven for our main points, remember some of these points have sub points, like they're all these questions, I numbered them. So I, I guess I should have, went, instead of numbering those questions, I should have called them A, B, C, D. I, I didn't follow the rules of outlining, but you get the idea, right? Number seven, here's where we, this is where I think sometimes I lose people. So I got you, to, I have to have you stay with me here. Okay, here we go. This is where you began your study of the Greek, or we could still call this, this is where you begin to study the original language, which you know, New Testament, primarily Greek, Old Testament, primarily Hebrew, Aramaic thrown in, and we could get into the whole 
you know, concept that there was an Aramaic text, but we won't get into all of that. All right. Greek or Hebrew. Now remember, Old Testament's Hebrew, New Testament Greek. Right. Now I'm going to tell you to use the Blue Letter Bible app just because that's what I use. You can use any, any app that you use, any software that you want to use. If you, you can, if you're going old school, you can pull out that Strong's Concordance, Young's Concordance, whichever one. All right. You can, you can, if you're really going back old school and you want to keep it all analog, you're like, you're like, I'm going to use book, uh, book, paper, and pencil, then you can use a Strong's Concordance. But for everyone else using uh, technology, the Blue Letter Bible app, just because we're all on the same page, that's great. All right. Here we go. You need to find all the Greek or Hebrew words for the keyword and the synonyms and the antonyms. How many different Greek words? In other words, what I'm trying to say is if you look up, say, if, if you look up any, any word, right? I, uh, I, I'm trying to think of one. If you, if you look up the word imputation or propitiation, okay, is it all uh, when is it always coming from the same Greek word or are there many different Greek words that are often translated imputation uh, uh uh, propitiation, justification, glorification. Like how many different Greek words are translated that way? How many different Greek words are there? Okay. And typically this is what you do. Let's say you look up the word, for example, I'll give you an example. If I, if I open up the blue letter Bible app, if I uh, open up the blues for some people, see, this is just second nature. You've got it, Right. You've got it. There's no problem. If I look up the word baptism, right? If I look up the word baptism, all right? So I look up the baptism. I think the first usage is in, uh, for the new, uh, well, uh, the first usage is in Matthew chapter three. And uh, see here, and uh, and we're baptized. We have baptized because we have the different, you know, baptize, bab- baptism, all the different kind of variations. And I go to the interlinear. Um, I see they were all baptized in the Jordan. All right, we're baptized. That is the Greek word baptizo. Baptizo. Baptizo is used 80 times. Baptizo is used 80 times. All right. Um, and then it gives me a whole bunch of information. But there's baptizo. So what I would do is say I look up discernment. I'm going to look up discernment and go to every passage that uses the word discernment and, and look at it in the interlinear in the Blue Letter Bible app and see is it all the same Greek word? Is it all? Wait. That's a different Greek word. Wait, that's a different Greek word. Wait, that's a different Greek word. Sometimes one English word really comes from various Greek words. You need to figure out how many different Greek words there are these come from for the keyword, for your synonym, and for your antonym. So like I looked up baptizo there. If I go through all the places, like if I go back and type in uh, baptism, or I'm just going to put baptize, or I'll put baptism. All right, it's used 22 times. Baptism is used 22 times, all right? Matthew 3, 7, we had baptizo. I'm just going to choose one from a, a different, uh, I'm just going to go to Colossians 2, 12. I'm going to go Colossians 2, 12. Buried with him in baptism. All right, here is, uh, oh, we got a different Greek word or a different variation of the Greek word. It's this. 
Strong's G908. Baptisma. 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 Instead of baptizo, it's baptisma. And it's used 22 times. Completely different Greek word. Now, it may have, a, it may, it may have been connected to baptizo, but it's, it's different. So you see, I, I'm looking up the gr- English word for baptism, but I immediately, once I start digging in, finding out that there are different Greek words. Now, so what you have to do is you look up the English word in the, in the Blue Letter Bible app, whichever it is, right? Let's say discernment, and you look, and you see every place it's used. You go to each one, you click on it, you pull up the interlinear, and you look for the, in the interlinear, you look for the English word. Okay, there's discernment. What is the Greek word? Okay, that's the Greek word here. Wait, the next passage, that's a different Greek word, same Greek word. Sometimes it's the same Greek word. Sometimes it's a different Greek word. So you need to find all the Greek or Hebrew words for the key word. You need to do this for the antonyms and you need to do this for the synonyms. All right. Now, here's what you've got to do. After you find the different Greek words, you need to write out. Now, you don't, you, you need to write out at least a basic uh, definition for that Greek word. Like, here is the Greek word. And for example, let's just say, let's say we're going with baptism. Or let me just go back. If I do a search for baptism, okay, I'm going to do a search for baptism. Because you've got to keep this straight, all right? It's used 22 times. So I may say in Matthew 3, verse 7, I don't know how far down. Matthew 3, 7 to how far down. Baptizo is the Greek word. I would write out baptizo. Here's the, I would write out um, the following verses, and then I would give the reference. All use baptizo, and it is, and, and here are all the references. Baptizo means this. And here is how baptizo is translated in all of these passages, which in this case would be using the same English word. Baptism here, right? They'd be translated using baptism, but it'd be coming from baptizo. And I believe Matthew 3, 7 is using baptizo. Let me not, I don't want to give wrong information here. Hang on. I'm going to go to the antilinear. Um, no, it's, it's using baptisma. It's using baptisma there. But if it was using baptizo, you would get the idea. Using baptisma there, actually, as well. But you get the idea, okay? So just make sure you've got that figured out, all right? How, look up the Greek. You're looking up the word. First of all, you're looking up the English word in the Blue Letter Bible app or in the concordance. You're finding all the places that it's used where that English word is used, and you're making sure it's all the same Greek word or is there a different Greek word? And you're writing out the definition for that Greek word. A simple definition. You don't have to go crazy, but you want to get the basic idea of what that Greek or Hebrew word is. You're, because you may see a variation. You're like, That's interesting. That, that Greek word has this as possible meanings. This Greek word has this as possible meanings. There's difference in the Greek words, but the translators both translate it as this English word. You just want to gather that information. All right? You want to gather that information. Then you want to write out in other... Oh, oh man, this is where I may lose some of you, but that's okay. You want to then list 
other ways the Greek word or Hebrew word is translated because then sometimes what you'll find is that Greek word, you may have three Greek words, right? Three Greek words. And they are translated, say, discernment, right? But you'll also notice sometimes those same Greek words are translated in a different way. They're not, for example, baptizo. Baptizo can be translated baptize, but guess how, uh, I think two times, guess how it's used. It's translated as wash, not as baptism, not as baptize, not as baptism, not as baptized, but as wash. It's translated wash, completely different English word. So you need to know the other ways, the other ways the Greek and Hebrew word is translated, because that may give you some variation on the meaning. I may give you some idea, right? Again, I, in fact, I can 100% almost Let's do this. I'm going to go back. All right. Uh, the Blue Letter Bible app's asking me for money. All right, here we go. Um, I'm going to go back. I'm just going to type in. I'll just put, type in baptize. Okay, Matthew 3.11. I think it's Matthew 3.11. Matthew 3.11. Yeah, baptize. Uh, baptize is baptizo. Here we go. Strong's G907. Baptizo, baptizo. All right, baptizo or baptizo. It's used 80 times. And then immediately look what I find right here in the Blue Letter Bible app. See, all of this is easily accessible. So it sounds confusing, but it's not. The key, the King James translates uh, baptizo, baptized 76 times and two times as, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, wash. So I need to know the other ways in which the Greek or Hebrew word is translated. Right? So let's go through this again. This is where you're now doing basically your, your work on the original languages, Greek or Hebrew. Number one, you need to, uh, you need to uh, find all the Greek or Hebrew words for the keyword, for the synonym and antonyms. How many different Greek words are translated for your keyword, for your uh, synonyms, and for your antonyms? Then you need to find all the other ways the Greek or Hebrew word is translated. Well, wait, wait, this says... This is translated baptism, but that's translated, it's translated wash here. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's weird. You'll be like, well, wait a minute. That word is translated this way, but it can also, what in the world is that? Sometimes it'll be, tra it'll be used for a completely different, almost like almost an opposite thing, which can lead to some confusion. And we'll try to clear, clarify that as, uh, as we can, right? So make sure. You find all the Greek or Hebrew words for the keyword and the synonyms. Oh, make sure you define them. Make sure you write down the definitions for the Greek words and the Hebrew words. I'm sorry. Then all the other ways the Greek word or Hebrew word is translated. All right. We're almost done. We're almost done. All right. Got two more steps. Now, that Greek part may get a little confusing. Do the best you can. All right? Do the best you can. You want to find all, you want to find all the Greek or Hebrew words for the keyword and for your synonyms and for your antonyms. You want to write down a definition for those Greek or Hebrew words. And you want to find all the other ways the Greek or Hebrew word is translated. And this is so important for the average person sitting in the pew to do this 
because I cannot count the number of times I've either heard a sermon online or was sitting in a sanctuary and someone said something about the meaning of a Hebrew or Greek word and it was totally bogus garbage made up, completely misrepresented it. The only way to protect yourself from that nonsense is that you do word studies on your own and you're like, no, that... What are you talking about? And that passage, that's not even the Greek word that's used there. Okay, what are you talking about? And that that's that's a different Greek word. They'll be like, the Greek word is this. And you're like, nope, not in that passage. It's a different Greek word. Okay, that's not the Greek word. All right, so that's important. All right, I think, I think that's good. I'm waiting just to see if anyone has any questions there. All right, number eight, context. Now this is where it's gonna. This is where it's gonna really re- require a little bit of time. And the reason I say number seven is not gonna require a lot of time. It's all done basically electronically today on the Blue Letter Bible app. You can knock all of that out relatively quick. You just got to get used to using the app. You just got to get used to using the app or whichever app you use. And if you need help using the Blue Letter Bible app, let me know and we will walk you through it. All right. Right now I just don't have the time to walk you through it, but it's right there. It's, it's relatively simple. The main thing is when you find the Bible passage that you're looking at, right? For example, I'm looking at Matthew chapter 3 right now, verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water. I simply tap on verse 11 on my screen, and it brings up this menu, and the first one is interlinear concordance. I just look up that. Boom. This gives me the interlinear. I indeed baptize. There's baptize. It gives me the Strong's number. I tap on that. Boom. Baptizo. And then look, it's used 80 times. It shows me all the different ways it's translated. It gives me the Greek word. I know it's baptizo. I know, so I know which Greek word is being used there. Shows me all the references there. So, I mean, I have all the information I need right there. It's, it's relatively simple. You just got to trans- transfer that over. And if you're, if you're using a, a computer file um, or in other, other ways, you can cut and paste and uh, you can gather all your information right there. Okay, now, number eight is where it's going to get a little complicated. Number seven is just complicated because it's hard to explain it to you, but it's really not that hard once you get used to it. If you're brand new to this, that's okay. We can get you through it. All right, number eight. And remember, if you get stuck on a step in the Bible study exercise, you're like, I don't really know what to do here. Just tell me. I'll turn on the microphone and just walk you through it live on the air. That's simple. Number eight, context. Now you look at the references. All of those references you wrote down for your keyword, for your antonyms, and for your synonyms, now you're just going to look at, you're going to look up each reference and you're just going to take a look at the context. This is not about an exposition verse by, an exegetical study verse by verse. You're just going to briefly look at the context and you're going to try to answer some questions. All right. Here are some questions. Does the context offer, uh, offer levels or clues? I'm sorry. I can't read my own writing. Does context offer clues to meaning? In other words, when you look at the context, are any clues? Okay, I think that's what, I think that's how it's being used right here. That context seems to mean, discernment seems to be meaning this or, or some idea. It's the same thing with baptism, right? Well, wait, okay, everyone may argue, does it mean immersion? Does it not? Well, I mean, look at the context. I mean, they go, they, 
they got down in the water, right? They they stopped the chariot and went down into the why why did they need to find water? I mean, you would think if they're you know on the in the in the chariot or wherever they are, whatever they're riding in, you think there would have probably been water with them. They could have just sprinkled the guy, right? Sometimes context. I'm not saying it proves anything. I'm saying context. Sometimes like well. The context here seems to imply that they actually have to get in the water. It seems to be the implication. Or the context here seems to imply that you get baptized after you believe. Like, whatever the case may be, right? Whatever the case may be. All right? So, does the context offer clues to meaning? This is done for the keyword, for the antonyms, and for the synonyms. Okay? Is the word compared or contrasted with another word in the context? So you look at the context and just like, okay, what's my key? All you're looking for is stuff that relates to your keyword. Wow, they seem to contrast that word with discernment, or they seem to contrast this idea with discernment. Is there anything being contrasted in the context? And is there an illustration being used that clarifies the word? Is there an illustration? Sometimes the Bible will be using an illustration, and in that illustration, are like, whoa, that that completely clarifies or explains what my word means. Now, remember, this is not to be, look, this happens with the thematic method. This happens with a lot of these methods. Some people see these steps and they go crazy, right? Because they're thinking, oh, I've got to do, no, 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 no. This is just, you're grabbing your Bible or your, or the blue letter Bible app, wherever you're looking at your references. And you just like, you look at the reference, you just say, read chapter. And you're like, okay, here's the verse. Say the verse is 11. Let me just skim this really quick. Okay, no, really, there's nothing here offering me any help about the word. You're not going, wait a minute. What does this chapter mean? Wait a minute. No, 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 no. All you're doing now is looking for co- contextual information that clarifies the meaning or helps bring out a deeper meaning of the word which you are studying. All right, and then... Number nine, look up your keyword, look up your synonyms, look up your antonyms, and Bible dictionaries, Bible encyclopedias, Bible handbooks, commentaries, anywhere you can find information about your word. It's a free-for-all. You can just use anything. You can go absolutely crazy. Anything. Like, okay, oh, wait. I bet you there's a commentary on on Matthew's. Let's say I'm looking at baptism, a baptism, or the way. What's the word here? Baptize. All right, that's Matthew three eleven. Let me grab a, a, a couple of commentaries on Matthew three eleven. Do they say anything about baptize? All right, there you go. Bible dictionary, Bible encyclopedia, Bible handbook. I don't care what you use, and you just summarize. All you got to do is just write down a basic summary of what you've got from those sources. Cite the sources. Right? Hey, I looked up four sources. They all seem to say discernment means this. They all seem to agree that the synonym here means this. The antonym means this. It doesn't have to be like the most detailed. You're just getting a basic idea of what these all these other sources are trying to say. And that's it. I'm not even going to have you write out an application which I typically do. I'm not getting even have you write out a summary, which I typically do. No summary. No application. That's it. You're done. 
There is your word study method of Bible study. Now, I will wait. We're, at, we're right at an hour. I will wait and see if anyone, ha- if anyone listening on Spreaker has any questions, or you can post the questions in the Discord channel. I'm looking in the Discord channel. I am getting, uh, okay. I, I see. Okay. All right. I have other things in the Discord channel right now. That's something is interesting about written records of biblical King David discovered by researchers. So that that looks interesting. Maybe that'll turn into a podcast episode, but not right now. All right. Does anybody have any questions in regards to how to do the word study method? I'll wait. And if I don't get anything, I'm going to assume everyone's like either everyone's already just said I'm they're done listening. They turned me off because they're like, that's the most I'm so that's so convoluted. I'm never going to follow that. Or they're like, that is so clear. I don't have any questions. I don't know which one it is. I'm going to take a drink of water. Because sometimes I forget to tell people I'm drinking water and I'm live on the air doing this. I'm doing that and people have no idea what I'm doing. Like, why is he swallowing? Well, because I'm drinking water. All right. All right. I got it. I got it. Thanks is what I was told. That's that's a bad sign. That's kind of like what someone says. I got it. Thanks. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. That was trash. Okay. All right. I'm not. I'm joking. I'm joking. All right. I'm going to make sure there's nothing else. Going to make sure. One second. I'm opening up the Spreaker app right now. I think we're good to go. I'm going to assume we're good to go. All right. Yeah. Okay. The person just laughed because they, they realized that they had been, that I found them out, that that's what they really were saying. Got it. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for nothing. All right. Okay. I hope that was helpful. I hope that was helpful. We, 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 we changed things up a little bit. We broke it down a little bit more. I think we're my own personal feelings is where I think you lose people is you lose people who don't really ever use, say, the Blue Letter Bible app or any of that stuff. They're just like, wait, what am, what am I doing? How do I make this work? I don't know what to do. I think for people who use it all the time, right, always looking things up, boom, boom, I think. And if you listen to my preaching, you hear I, I, that's why, because sometimes people get really annoyed with my preaching. They get really irritated with me. Some people get very irritated with me and the way I do the Bible. People get irritated. Because in a lot of my podcasts, I do this. I'll say, open up the Blue Letter Bible app. Let me just do this. All right. Uh, okay, I'm going to go to the interlinear, and then I'm going to do this. And then I do this on, uh, hang on. I'm going to close the Spreaker app here. Okay, here we go. Baptizo. Right, I do that right here. Strong's G907. Baptizo. Baptizo. Now, you'll hear me do that even in the sanctuary, right? I'll, I'll grab my iPad. I'm like, okay, everyone, let's look. And I, you'll hear me t- having the congregation grab your phones, open up the Blue Letter Bible app, all right? Everybody look it up. And then I'll have them. So where else is it used? Or or how? what's the other Greek word? And then you'll hear that kind of back and forth that happens sometimes with the congregation. And then I will hold literally the iPad up to my uh, lapel mic. And do that. And some people will email me going, that's so ridiculous and it's so stupid and it's not very professional. And you're supposed to be preaching a sermon. Come on, you should just know. And it's like, it's not that I don't know it. It's like I'm playing it because I'm trying to get everyone participating and looking it up. 
I'm so tired of people just sitting in a pew, not participating. They're just there like to watch a performance. I'm not there to do a show and dance for you. I'm not there to go perform for you. Oh, 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 do you like my sermon? No, my job is to get you into the text. So there are some people who rarely ever use these tools. And so when they get confronted with this kind of Bible study, they're like, no, 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 no. Just there should be, you should just give me a page that says, Here's the three Greek words, and here's what they mean. No, you don't want me to do that, because that's how you can be deceived and misled. You need to look it up. So in the Bible study exercises or everything we do, even on my podcast, I will say, I'm opening up the Blue Letter Bible app. You can do the same. And then I will literally take you through the steps. I'm looking at the interlinear. There's the Greek word. The Greek word is this. And then I play it. The Greek word means this, so that you can read right along. By doing that, you're participating. And then you know how to use the tools. Here's the way I feel about it. Now, this is not, this is, I think to me, this is more consistent with the Protestant Reformation. Definitely, it's not consistent with Catholicism. My job as a teacher is to basically make me irrelevant. I am to teach you the skills so that you know how to do it for yourself. That's really my job, because when you know how to do it for yourself, then you're not tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, and then you are protected from false teachers who will use the text, twist it to their own destruction and to your destruction. So I, I get those emails all the time. People don't like it. It's just so stupid. It's so so amateur that you're, you're like playing from the Blue Letter Bible app. You should just tell people you're missing the point. Like, here's point. You missed it. All right, because I'm trying to get people involved. I want them using these tools. Like I, there's nothing better to me than when I'm at church and I'm boom. I see everyone opening up their, grabbing their phones and opening up the Blue Letter Bible app. Boom, looking up, they got the Greek word. They're looking it up. Or someone sometimes will raise their hand. Hey, over. I don't know if you know this, but that's a different Greek word right here. And that verse right there, that's a different. You'll hear people say that to me. That's a different Greek word. That's a different Greek word. Or, 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 well, that Greek word has three meanings. What do you think? They mean? And they'll ask some question, and they're looking at the, the interlinear. I've, I've heard churches that want to, like, keep people from using their phones in church. Like, they try to discourage people using their phone in church. I'm like, look, yeah, I know that there's always the possibility, and I've seen it even at my church. Someone's back there playing, a, like, a game on their phone because I walk. I don't, I never stand at the pulpit. So I've seen it, but you know what? If that, if they don't want to pay attention, I don't care. I'm moving on with my life, right? I'm not going to lose it. But I, but because I want people to have, we, we live in a day where everyone has that technology in their hand. Use it, get people using it because the more people use it, the better equipped they are to do it for themselves. And so, and, and not only that, I like to, I like to give the idea that not that quote unquote, I'm pastor and you're less that we're students together going through the process together to figure out the meaning of the text. So when, when, when I do a word study method and try to give some of these steps, I always feel like the, the Greek and the Hebrew is where people are going to be like, wait, what am I looking up? Wait, how do I find that? Now, I think the person who told me that, they, that, the, that it was okay or they just said it was, got it, thanks. <laughs> That's what they said, got it, thanks. That person does studies all the time, so I know they know how to do this. So, um, so clearly they're the, they're going to be the person who's got it. What I'm worried about is the other people who are like, well, I've, I've never really done that. Like, how do I do that? Okay, 
that's that's the people I'm afraid still may not get it because it's hard. It's hard to try to explain it more than just show it. But but gra- the main thing is if you don't have any other apps, download the Blue Letter Bible app and at least start messing around with it. Get used to it. And then once you get used to it, it'll be easy to find some of that. There it is. So to repeat or to review, the word study method of Bible study. Choose the word. English definitions and three dictionaries cite the source. Number three lists five synonyms and their definitions, but you do not, do not need to look them up in three dictionaries. You just need one. All right. Five synonyms. Synonym is a word or phrase that means the exactly or nearly the same as another word. Number uh, four lists five antonyms and their definitions. Remember, or, uh, and remember, you don't need three dictionaries, just one. All right. Remember, an antonym is a word opposite in meaning. Number five, list all Bible references uh, for the keyword and the synonyms and the antonyms. Number six, answer the following questions about the word, the synonyms, and the antonyms. Those questions are how many times does it occur in the Bible and what books does it occur? Number uh, the next one and what uh, what writer used the word? What books does it occur most? What does the word occur? Where does the word occur first in the Bible? And then if you're doing a word study just restricted to one book, where does it occur first in the book that you're studying? Number seven is the original language portion of the study or the Greek or Hebrew. You're going to find all the Greek or Hebrew words for your keyword, for your antonym and your synonyms. You're going to write out the definitions for those Greek and Hebrew words. You're going to find other ways that Greek or Hebrew word is translated. All right, number eight, context. You're going to look up all those references. Yeah, I, I already said, uh, make sure. Yeah, list all the Bible references, okay? Then you're going to go back through all the Bible references. And you're going to look up at context. As you're looking at context, you're going to uh, look uh, at the references. You're going to take note of the context. You're going to ask questions or answer these questions. Does the context offer clues to meaning? Is the word compared or contrasted with any, another word in the context? And is an illustration used that clarifies it? Right? Number nine, you're going to use Bible dictionary, Bible encyclopedia, study Bible, or commentaries to find out other things about the words that you're looking at. Your keyword, your antonyms, and your synonyms. Mainly, though, for the Bible dictionary, for the Bible dictionary, you're primarily focusing on your keyword, but don't forget the antonyms and synonyms. Now, that's an hour and 10 minutes. All right. No comments, no questions. Email me. Uh, or no, when I, when I, I'm saying, let me, let, me re, re, let me rephrase that. No comments or questions have appeared in the chat on the Spreaker app. So, for anyone else, maybe you're not listening to me on the Spreaker app or you're not listening to me live, email me, newsif at yahoo.com newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. And I'll be more than happy to help you if I can. And I stress if I can, all right? I stress if I can, all right? Let's see. We're looking at all the numbers here. All right. I think that's good. 
There is the word study method of Bible study, ladies and gentlemen, and that is what you will be utilizing. You will be utilizing that method for the next six to seven weeks as we study discernment. We will kick off uh, probably, I mean, that this is really the official kickoff. Everything we've done prior to this has been an introduction and kind of a pre-study. This is really getting you the, the methods you need, and then we'll start digging into the curriculum Possibly on Sunday, uh, we may be using uh, looking at the curriculum. If you need access to the curriculum, email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Simply say you want the curriculum, I'll send you a link. Remember, it's free for you. We do pay money for it, and we thank, we thank anyone and everyone who helps support the cost uh, and cover the cost of the curriculum so that we can provide it for as many people around the world who want it. And uh, we're glad that we have that there. The, the curriculum, we don't always agree with. It's there to supplement, and it's there to demonstrate where we're not afraid of different opinions. We're there to say, here's how they're approaching it. Here's how we're approaching it. Now you get two different approaches, and that hopefully better prepares you and better equips you so that you're no longer tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great weekend. It's here. Seven weeks of studying discernment begins this weekend. Let's make the most out of it. We'll be talking about the, the first scripture that we'll be looking at soon. And uh, we, we I don't know if we'll do that this evening. We may start talking about it tomorrow. Um, but you, you've got your work cut out for you on discernment. I hope you're ready to go and I hope you're ready to dig in. And as you're studying, let me know your struggles or difficulties because then I can turn on the microphone and do entire live broadcasts just for your issue, your question, your struggle, your difficulty. Because most likely whatever you're thinking, whatever questions you have or whatever you're struggling with, other people are. Just the other people will never ask the question. You always have to have that one really just loud and bold personal, like, I don't care. I, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to ask 50 questions. Um, ask the 50 questions because when usually the other people will be like, oh, I'm, so, I'm glad someone asked that question because I've been so confused. Ask the question, All right? Let's have a good six weeks. Let's have a good six to seven weeks of study. And let's see if we can figure out a better, more accurate understanding of discernment than, than we constantly find and a lot of places that I think, well, I think it's not a very good understanding of it. Let's see what we can do. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. Great evening. We'll be doing more live broadcasts soon. God bless.